It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. No one does us like we do. Always go hard with this crew. Welcome to the show. Let's make moves. Broadcasting from Studio Lumo in Adelaide, it's the SCNSA Breakfast Podcast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Hello, podcast. There's something really weird happened on the show today where um, I fired off an ad break and Bix and I probably had the best five minutes of radio that we've ever done and probably will done. Um, or will do. Or will do. Mm. And we're looking currently at a an image of uh, the Melbourne SEN that says Kane and Bucks for breakfast. So we've been replaced already. So we've lasted four weeks on the end. We've been binned. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's great to be with you, um, Mark. Mm. The biggest question that we're asking our listeners today, and I asked you the question, bath or shower? Now, this is what Josh has sent in a text from regional South Australia. So he's probably from Seaford or something. I look forward to bath or shower <laughs> becoming... A, uh, a regular great question. Mm. Um, why are you so opposed to having baths? Well, no, no, I'm not. But I think you need to qualify the question. Yeah. Because you can't have a bath every day. You can't get up in the morning and you're getting kids ready for school and then you, what, you pour a bath for what? Bath's a nighttime thing. Or 10 or 12 minutes to get the bath full, then sit in it for, because you've then filled it, you've got to sit in it for 15 or 20 minutes. That's mm. a... It's probably a 45-minute exercise, particularly with your scented candles and maybe you might have a bath bomb or something. I do a bath bomb, actually. <laughs> and the, the hard thing is if you make the bath too hot, you get out sweaty. Yeah. So then you need to kind of wash it off with a cold shower. <laughs> so, so, so what I'm saying is maybe you need to qualify it better. If you had 45 minutes spare mm. and you were dirty and you had the choice between a bath and a shower, what would you do? I still think I would have a shower. I'm just sort of... I think it depends on your level of dirty too, because if you're if you've been out mowing the lawns yeah. or you've been using the whipper snipper and you've got dirt all over you, you don't want to get in the bath because it's not going own, anywhere. Yeah, yeah, it's just dirt. You're just lying in your own filth. As yeah. someone described it. Yeah. So, oh, you you're swaying me a little bit, but I just <laughs> so so. What's your yours is the unwinding nature of you can just lie back and yeah. But I also struggle to relax. I actually like it when I'm listening to the footy. So if I listen to the the pre match of the footy. Mm. Enjoy it in the bath and go sit on the couch and watch the rest on the TV. Obviously, I'll turn the TV volume down and listen to the broadcast on SEN and AFL Nation and Power Nation and Crows Nation. But yeah. um, I'll, I'd like to do it that way. Well, well if I have a shower, at mm. least I can never be accused then of drinking my own bath water. That's true. You did get accused of that today, actually. I think <laughs> what's going to happen is we've had a, a real soft launch in the preseason. Once the real stuff mm. begins, that's when the most abuse is going to come through. Yes. Um, because I'm a serial abusive texter. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. different sort of, different radio I'm, stations I'm sort of around. Nonplussed about the. Abuse. You don't write back to text at all, and we've noticed that really. in the group chat. You get fifty <laughs> notifications, and like, yeah, happy with anything. Um, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this is from Source. Before we get into today's pod, um, I've seen a few people on Twitter asking if this year the Crows move past Port on the ladder again. What do you think? Mm, I'm not convinced. I, I still harp back to. Late last year, around 23, Port Adelaide comfortably accounted for Adelaide, won by 10 goals. Mm. And I know Adelaide will have about five or six different players um, 
Jones, McHenry, I think Murphy might have played. Ben Davis was playing. James Rowe was playing. So there will be, you know, arguably 25% uh, of a difference. You know, Rochelle will come in. Rankin will come in. But I still feel Port Adelaide, I think, improved their list this year. Adelaide definitely improved theirs. But I just don't think Adelaide will make up that 10-goal margin. And so they've still got some deficiencies is what I'm saying. And I still think Port Adelaide – I'm I'm more bullish – on port than many port fans. I don't know. Maybe I just, I'm seeing something. I just think their list is quality and that quality, uh, I think will shine through at some stage during the year. We had a good chat to Sam Edmund, who's our big footy reporter over in Victoria, because we were, I guess, asking the questions about Trent Cochin, what's going on with St Kilda wearing, what was the issue with the red shorts? You just hated him. Just, I don't like Sydney wearing red shorts. St Kilda don't need to wear red shorts. Why they wouldn't wear white shorts? I'm not sure. Do you remember when St Kilda wore that, Yellow Guernsey that mm. night against yeah, Collingwood. Pure, the Pure Milk The, the Pure Milk sponsorship. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I, I actually played, on another note, in the game, the M&M game. Did where you? The Navy Blues, the famous old Navy Blues. Carlton wore the uh, the new. That was the light blue, wasn't yeah, it? it was yeah, it was the light blue because they launched a new M&M that week and they actually beat us. We were leading and then they, um, they finished over the top of us. Times have changed so much because there were times where um, – Richmond and Essendon, Essendon more so, were never going to do anything about changing their sash when it came mm. to um, different Guernseys. And they, they found a way to find away strips now because the, the sash is still the same. But when every other club was moving around them, now there's there's nothing which kind of stays the same well, Collingwood is the only club that commit to only their home, home Guernsey, the black and white vertical stripes. Mm. They, they somehow, the AFL demands you have an away strip, but their away strip is an inverted Instead of white with black stripes, they have black with white stripes. Yes. Now try and work that out if yeah. you can. Um, so, so it's not really a huge away strip. I'm not. I don't know. I get that some people love the tradition, but you know what? Like, there's been many, many other great sporting organisations around the world that are bigger and stronger and followed more than what AFL clubs are. That change their strips. They don't seem to have a problem with it. But some clubs they like to. Tr- to stick to their traditions and um, traditionalists wouldn't have liked 2017 with Richmond wearing the yellow, holding up the the premiership cup. But then you think of it, you're like, well, we want a premiership wearing it. Let's just celebrate cares? the premiership. Yeah, exactly. Who cares? Exactly. Uh, we spoke to Mike Milligan from Adelaide United today. They had a four nil, uh, sorry, four two win against Melbourne city, hoping for a four nil win against Newcastle. And, uh, had a chat to you on the text line. Lots of texts coming through. We analysed the Crows and Ports pre-season over in WA and we just made great radio, to be honest, didn't we, Bix? Yeah, well, we kicked off our week, which is important. You're a little bit flat with Ed Sheeran. In fact, not only that that you think he just plays on loop all the time and he's not mm. that impressive. Well, I never it, said that. Well, that's a big statement. Well, what did you say? Yeah, basically that. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're even more flat that you're not announcing at the Oval because... You're the doyon of uh, announcers in South Australia. Yeah. So. Well, what a negative way to get into the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm going to go cry now and have a bath. Um, here's the podcast. Catch you tomorrow, Biggs. Enjoy. Your local tyre power. Save on selected Falcon passenger tyres by three, get one free at tyre power. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go.
Here we go again. Good morning to you, Mark Bickley. It is a pleasure to have you in SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Tuesday morning, 21 degrees today. How are you, my friend? A good long weekend for you. I uh, enjoyed my weekend. Thank you, Jared. What about yourself? What did you get up to? I had a really good weekend, to be honest with you, and I appreciate you asking. Uh, apart from what happened um, over in Western Australia, which we can get into, Adelaide United <laughs> was um, amazing on oh, Friday wow. night. Cooper that? Stadium was rocking. It's probably the loudest I've heard Cooper Stadium in a very long time. And for Adelaide United to not just win, but win convincingly against mm. Melbourne City. Or two. And they, Melbourne City, on paper, are so far ahead of the rest of the A-League men's competition. I think it put a bit of a scare through the rest of the A-League. We can talk about that um, a little bit later on with Mark Milligan. A lot of football being back. The, the last of those practice matches before we get into round one next week. And... I had a great day at Kuyonga on Friday without playing golf. What did you do? So I was invited to go and um, host a charity function for the Catapult Foundation. So Catapult Foundation basically um, helped provide funds to other charities around South Australia. So um, where maybe government incentive isn't enough and there's Mm. not enough government funding. So the two charities that were being looked after were Variety, the children's charity. Wonderful. And also, yeah, and Breakthrough. So, which is, uh, yes, it was outstanding. And uh, Nat Cook was uh, the special guest who's a five-time Olympian gold medalist at Sydney, the beach volleyballer. Yes. She was brilliant. (laughs) Absolutely outstanding. Um, What was interesting though, was it had a wine wall. So the the wine wall, for those of you who don't really know how it works, is there uh, there were 50 boxes of wine that didn't have labels on them or anything. So you place your bid. That's it. um, You have a list in front of you to say what was potentially in the wine that you were bidding on. So one of the wines was an $800 bottle of Grange. Oh, don't tell me. Well, I won't tell you because it didn't happen. Um, <laughs> but something else happened. So I placed a bid because all of the money going back into charity, I thought, fantastic. So I've placed very, a bid. Very magnanimous of you. Thank you. Mm. The number six is my number. It's my favorite number. And I thought LeBron. I'm going to place a bid on number six. And I've got this backstory with the number six as well, which I can get to. So I've placed a bid on number six and I'm all excited. 30 minutes left until the bidding closes. Mm. I received a message on my phone that says, you've just been outbid. Okay. I asked the person next to me, because you can put in anonymous or your actual name if you wanted to bid, and the person put his name, the person who bid. So I asked the guy next to me, I said, tell me about this guy. And they said, he's loaded. Like, great. I'm no chance of absolutely getting close to this person. So what did I do? I had a look and I used my environment to my advantage and I got on the microphone and I told a sob story about the number six and why it's important to me. And then I got the guy to stand up and I said in front of the whole group, you've just outbid me for number six. Mm. Now I have to go home and tell my daughter that I don't get the number six today. Mm. Got some laughs in the crowd. Fantastic. I changed my number to number 35. I ended up getting... Why number 35? Number 35 is um, 15 and 20. They're my daughter's two birthdays. Put them together, 35. Wonderful. Ended up getting a $150 bottle of wine with that. Fantastic. Silver lining. Next part, I win the raffle. I get another bottle of wine. Mm -hmm. Part three, they give me a bottle of wine to say thank you for hosting the event. Yep. And as I was leaving, I've had to rush out to go to Cooper Stadium. I've turned my car on, knock on the window. Window goes down. And a guy came up to me, former Sandful superstar, Craig Parry. Oh, yes. He was at the event. Mm -hmm. And he said, mate. I felt really bad about your sob story about the number six. So I outbid the other guy. Here's number six for you. Oh, wow. So I walked away with four bottles of wine. 
and and a headache the next day. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. Well, I can't. I can't drink any of them. But it was a. It was an amazing day. It is a good story. Oh, that reminds me. On Friday, when you mentioned the wine war, mm. I was actually involved in a. Strangely enough, a, a golf day for yes. uh, McGann Real Estate. They put on their first ever charity golf day, which was um, was. The brainchild of Travis Denham, who's a, a great man, one of their superstar salespeople. And uh, we were down at Glenelg Golf Club, a similar thing, Wine Wall. But um, the charity we were supporting was the uh, the Sunflower Foundation, which is a great friend of many of the people at McGain. Uh, Lee Richardson, whose wife passed away, Sharon, uh, about this time last year or within a month or so. And um, she had a, uh, a short but courageous battle with breast cancer, a very aggressive um a form of breast cancer. So there was a, we had a great day and we raised a lot of money and that's going to go to uh, many things that Sharon was really passionate about in terms of making it just a little bit easier for people who are battling with, with breast cancer. So yeah, lots of stuff going on around Adelaide clearly like yeah, last week. Pretty pretty funny to see when, when men especially walk in after a golf day too because you ask them how they went and you get two responses, <laughs> right? So the first response is, yeah, yeah we, we hit it well. We did really well. The second response is, oh, no, we're just having some fun for charity because then you know they played really bad because they have to they have to use that. But to to have a look at Kuyonga, that's the first time I've um, really had a look at the course. I asked if I wanted to play, and I'm like, absolutely not because I'm hideous at golf, and I would be disrespecting the course. My my local is the Glanville Par 3. Okay. So like, I'm, not, I'm not even good at that. And then the North Haven nine-hole course up near the train tracks in Outer Harbour. Um so to, to have a look at the, these golf courses, and we know that Liv's coming in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. We're, we're very lucky in South Australia to have such beautiful courses all over the CBD too, in like driving distance from one another. Mm. Oh, it's, it's quite remarkable really, and particularly people who come uh, from interstate can't believe, yeah, we've got two courses at Grange, of course, Kionga. Glenelg is looking absolutely spectacular. It's undergoing some renovations uh, every couple of months. They, they do a new hole, but it was just perfect weekend. So, Did you play? No, I was on the 16th hole, which was a par three, and I was actually uh, trying to raise money. So You're doing signings. <laughs> no, no. We, we drew a circle around the hole, and then people had the opportunity to have a bet on themselves to get it within the circle. Okay. So um, the circle was a three-meter diameter. Now, this is where my sales pitch was. I said there's a three-meter diameter circle around the pin, and most people who aren't great at maths just think, well, that's good. I get it within three meters of the hole. Yes, but if a three-meter diameter, which actually means a radius of 1.5 meters. Yeah, I'm with you yeah, still. Yeah, I'm still So on. you have to get it within 1.5 meters of the hole, which was very, very difficult. And only about three people did it. So we, we raised some money on that hole, which was a bit of fun. Except, I love that. Except one person who was a pretty good golfer, he backed himself uh, and, and he got it within – that six inches, so I had to pay him out, unfortunately. But oh, overall, we raised a lot of money on the whole. We are here, Great thanks fun. to Ty Power. Best buys on big brand sale now on. Um, something we probably didn't do enough of last week was talk about the opening round of the NRL, which is um, mm. it still has a big supporter base here in South Australia. State of Origin coming to South Australia again yes. in, in 2023. And it was a, a momentous day for Redcliffe because the Dolphins get their first win, um, led by Wayne Bennett, who... Funnily enough, was there for the Brisbane Broncos' oh, first win. staying powers. <laughs> yeah, let's have a listen to what he said after the game. Yeah, of course it compares. I mean, you know, the Broncos were game one. The Dolphins are game one. Uh, we played Manly that day. You know, no one gave us a chance. No one gave us a chance here much today. Yeah, it's, it's, it's terribly significant. I mean, one of the most difficult things is to, is to get that first win. 
because it just settles everything down. And, um, so I lost here today would have put us under a hell of a lot more pressure and a loss back 36 years ago would have done exactly the same to the Broncos. Is that the standard way for the Dolphins now? Is that where you build this club from? Are you still looking for me? <laughs> you here? Hey? You here? Well, I went to Cairns, you were looking for me. Watch out. <laughs> I, te- I texted you. Well, I'm not sure I want to answer your question, mate, because you haven't had the decency to wing me about it, so. Oh, God. Why? Well, you made me a headline over it, but, you know, because... I did you, ask you where you were. Yeah, well, no, because you, you didn't bother to ask me where I was. And you went on your little trip and had your say, well, you know... Wayne Bennett's still grumpy as always. They get they get their first win and is a you know it's a huge occasion. Uh, Thirty thousand people at Suncorp, Redcliffe up and about, and then um, his potting journalist mm. in the presser. <laughs> it, but is it's quite remarkable when you think about the comparisons here within South Australia. Mm. That would be like a new team starting in South Australia. They get a third franchise and either Graham Corns or John Cale coaching the new team yeah. effectively. Yeah, and it's the fairy tale kind of storyline, isn't it? When you think about it, the uh, for them winning, that's the best way for them to attract fans, um, new members, and doing it against the team which were spoken about pre-season mm. to do quite well, where Redcliffe, you know, you get a, a Gold Coast or GWS into the AFL, they're expected not to win a game. And so straight away, you've you got the monkey off the back and now you can probably enjoy the next couple of weeks. Mm, yep, get on with it. And, um, it, it, yeah, it's, it's interesting that they've been able to um, sort of garner that uh, that spirit together quickly um, and being able to get up and get that win. You heard him say, so important to get that one off the back. So they'll do that. I suspect it's going to be a hard year, though, you would mm. think. So, um, interestingly, we talk about new coaches, new clubs. GWS under Adam Kingsley uh, seemed to be sort of heading in the right direction. They all kicked 143 points on the weekend, played a really good brand of footy. So, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. New coach, new ideas. He comes with a, a philosophy, I suspect, very similar to Richmond and how they're going to play. You've got plenty of talent up there. I just wonder whether he might be able to just align everything up there and, and get things on a bit of a roll after a really disappointing year last year. And, of course, for Crows fans, that's going to come round one. Adelaide, who were, who couldn't have been more impressive mm. on Friday night, uh, head to head to uh, Sydney to play GWS in round one. So that is going to be a really, really important game for both those clubs. Well, we also need to, this morning, talk about whether everyone's getting carried away with the preseason because according to our very own Kane Corns, Darcy Fogarty might be the Coleman medalist of 2023 where we're riding off teams. We've got premiership <laughs> favourites already and, I mean, we've just started March. So we just need to calm down. Well, it's interesting because what I did was I thought, Like I said, Adelaide couldn't have been more impressive, but they did play West Coast, who, as impressive as Adelaide were, West Coast were as disappointing. Their ball movement was diabolical. Uh, They had a lot of young kids playing. Their older players, apart from Jeremy McGovern, they look old at the moment. Um, And so I thought, let's cast our eye back and have a look at what happened last year in the last preseason game. And here's a few little tidbits. Gold Coast defeated Geelong by four goals. How did that work out? Geelong went pretty solid last <laughs> yeah, they year. They won the flag. GWS defeated Collingwood by 41 points. Collingwood were a couple of kicks away from a grand final. Well, in actual fact, they were one kick away. GWS finished right down the bottom. And the power beat Adelaide by six goals, then went on to lose their first five games. So I am just going to take a deep breath and remind myself that certain clubs have certain priorities and that preseason games and players alike there is probably 15 to 20% difference between what you saw on the weekend and what will happen in round one. Round one is a frenetic pace. 
and it will be totally different to what we've seen last weekend. 13 minutes past six. We are here thanks to Morn Team Ford, Mount Barker for V6 Ranger. Don't forget to, you can get involved with the show in a couple of ways. If you're listening on the app, we have a couple of buttons there where you can uh, send us a text or give us a call. The text line 0427 154 If you are the text or caller of the week, you will win that cricket stump esky filled with nippies, ice-flavoured milks and fresh juices. We did mention Mark Milligan from Adelaide United joining us this morning. And Sam Edmund. SEN's very own to talk about everything that's happening over in Victoria. Trent Cochin hasn't been suspended again, so we'll have a chat mm. to him about that. And uh, some of the big wins for Victorian clubs. It's SEN SA. Good morning. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's 21 degrees and quite cool today on the weekend. It's heating up, though. We are here thanks to Tire Power Selected Falcon Tires by three. Get one free. Our text line 0427-154-166 as we welcome Jace, our producer, in to do this. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Hey, good morning, Jace. How was your weekend? Pretty good. Uh, I've got mum over from Port Lincoln at the moment. She's over for the Fringe, mm-hmm. uh, giving her... Uh, she's doing a show. Uh, <laughs> she should. Uh, she's uh, she, she's playing critic at the moment. Like, I'm sitting mm-hmm. at the table last night trying to get uh, stuff ready for you boys today, and her and Arnie Kay are sitting at the kitchen table giving their critiques on the shows that they've seen. Oh, so yeah. Far. 15 out of 10 for one of them. So Wow. What was um, that? We better go see that. I don't know. I'll find out. Okay. Um, but I, I, we should get her on. She can she can do a full fringe wrap-up for you. We probably shouldn't. On the we won't podcast. do that. No, just do podcast special. Yeah, um, we've got a, a segment we'll do actually before the end of the show, which is a, a what's on in Adelaide thanks to the Oakbank Easter Festival. Tickets are now available because Ed Sheeran's in town tonight. He oh, might be listening right now. Probably is. Yeah, I reckon. He's, 58,000 people are expected to go tonight. Well, what about him on at the MCG last weekend? So he gets 103,000 or whatever, and then the next mm. night breaks his own record with 110,000. Oh. It's remarkable, isn't it? It's ridiculous. 50, so we'll, uh, we'll chat about it a bit something later. Something like uh, 58 million record sales. And imagine all that. the merchandise. Mm. Imagine Love if these. they ma- actually made records anymore. <laughs> 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 I'm guessing that must be albums. CDs Streaming and all that yeah, other stuff. Stream, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Loved his little warny tribute to... Uh, yes. I think there was a question getting around the other day. Maybe we should have had this up on our brekkie brainstormers. So the last red-headed pom to perform well on the MCG. Ben Stokes. Alex Stewart. <laughs> anyway, I'm we move sure on. I digress a little bit. Yeah. I, I listened with interest talking about Wayne Bennett before. Um, isn't he a happy chappy? Mm. Yeah, I th- he's got a bit of the Mick Malthouses about him, I think, if you wanted to have an AFL comparison. Mick was very grumpy in his press conferences. Yeah, he was, and very philosophical, both of them. Mm. Similar status, I think. Mm. I'll keep this short because uh, we, we've got time constraints, but my dad coached his last game of softball on the weekend. Slightly different uh, tact mm. here. 52 years he's been a volunteer coach in the sport. Wow. And I rang him after the game. He lost his grand final. Mm. Um, and he said, yeah, the girls didn't fire a shot. I was going to give them a serve at the end of the game. And then I realised that was it. So I had a shoey instead. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> so maybe Wayne Bennett just needs to calm down and have a shoey. Yeah, uh, that might be the way to go. Yeah. Let's talk about what's on the socials today. Uh, strategic plans for clubs. Now, this was in the news last week, but I want to know what people think about these things, particularly when they specify the number of premierships to be won. Mm. Are they worthwhile? 
Not, not well. They're worthwhile as a, a business tool, but I'm not sure you have to release them to the world. Like, so mm. let's take Adelaide. They're the most recent one. They talk about community plans. They're going to have um, hundred thousand people engaged in their community plans. They talk about how many members they want. They talk about a whole range of different things um, moving into their facility. They're all great because people expect that. That's what businesses do. They get stuff done, um, and then it comes to win a premiership in the next five years. Well, if you're not aiming to win a premiership, what are what, what are you in business for? And that's yeah. really the only measure that that footy clubs have and that that their members care about is when's our next flag. And all people want to see is you moving closer towards it. So, the other thing I would say, if you're going to do it, where's what's the accountability? So in five years' time, if you don't hit any of those goals, what happens then? Are you saying, well, I'll just if you're the CEO or your board members, do we step down? Do we stop? Or are we saying these are aspirational goals and this is what we're hoping to do? And if we don't do them well, you know, we aimed high and we worked hard, but we didn't quite get there. So for me, if there's a lack of accountability about what happens if we don't get there uh, and and really nothing happens, then I'm just wondering what's the point? We also live in a world now where there's so much um, gotcha mentality Mm. through social media that it's heaven for people on social media and the media because they go, great, we've got a soundbite that now we can use in five well, years' Adelaide, time to say Port we Adelaide, didn't do it. Three, three Exactly. Now, Port Adelaide's when you look a little bit deeper, that includes the Port Adelaide Sample team, which, who knows, they might go pretty well this year. It includes their, Sam, uh, their AFLW team and the actual um, AFL men's team. So yeah. they've got three bites at the cherry. Um, Adelaide, Adelaide went with one for the men, one for the women. So they've got two, didn't mention the sample. So I don't know. The, the other thing with it is it's a five year plan. And so Adelaide could, this can sort of stretch out to when 2027, 20, they'll be starting their last year saying, oh, we can still keep our, yes. <laughs> our plan. <laughs> and so it's not, it, it won't be unsuccessful until it ticks over in the, the fifth year. Now, mm. how do you measure yourself against that? that uh, that's the only thing. Lunacy, I think. Uh, to be honest, if you're not aiming to win five flags in five years, you're doing it wrong. But that's just my opinion. Yep. Um, let's have a look at the pre-season for both clubs. So um, we've talked about this already, you, you gentlemen have, uh, about whether or not we can read too much into pre-season form. After a winless pre-season, Power fans, should you be worried? Or is it only pre-season? And Crows fans, should you be preparing for September? Or it's only pre-season. I think we all understand the answer to that. Mm. But I'd love to hear what the listeners out there have got to say and those who follow us on Twitter. Thank you, Jace. We can break that down when we get into the Daily Agenda at 7 o'clock as well. We are here in SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. A huge weekend in the world game locally here in South Australia. Over in the Premier League, too, where everybody's talking about that 7-0 result. We'll play some of the highlights and talk more about it very soon at SENSA. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! 29 minutes to 7. Good morning to you on this Tuesday. 21 degrees today. If you are the caller or text of the week, you will win that Cricket Stump Esky filled with nippies, ice-flavoured milks and fresh juices. The number here in Studio Lumo, 1300 736 736. A great weekend for Adelaide United. We'll speak to Mark Milligan about that really soon. Give you a wrap-up of the World Game next. 
your local tyre power. Save on selected Falcon passenger tyres by three, get one free at tyre power. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! 25 minutes to 7. Good morning to you. Big day across South Australia today. If you are preparing to go and see Ed Sheeran tonight, it's going to be quite cool. Bix, have you seen him play live before? I must say I haven't, no. Okay. I did see you trying to fish for free tickets yesterday in our WhatsApp group. <laughs> it was very nice and obvious, but... Um, no, you don't ask, you don't get... Oh, that's exactly right. Um Look, he could be listening right now. So, Ed, if you are listening, 0427-154-166. We are here in SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo what Energy about you? SA. You going along? You've seen him before? I have seen him before, and I've got, um, I've probably got an unpopular opinion when it comes to Ed Sheeran. I've, I saw him last time, mm-hmm. and I, uh, my uh, observation was after about five or six songs, I thought, I love your music, but mm-hmm. I can see what you're doing with a guitar and a loop pedal, and I, I get it. Yeah. And then that was it for me. Or maybe because us sort of non-musical people don't realise. Agree. We're, we're, we're fascinated by him. That's true. He's a hit machine. Yeah. He just keeps churning them out. And what he's doing, uh, which a lot of big name superstars don't do, he's getting out in the community and doing things. And he's not doing it for PR. He doesn't need the PR. He's doing it because he wants to do nice things. So he went to see the boys at St Kilda last week because of the relationship with Shane Warne and Michael Gadinsky. I was going to say, I thought when he's going out doing good things in the community and going to charities and <laughs> he's going out to St Kilda. He's got him kicking the foot in. <laughs> no, he's just like, oh, poor, poor guys. <laughs> That's, that's actually really true. Let's do a bit of a world game update. There's a lot to talk about. As we speak right now, there's a couple of young South Australians who are playing for Australia in our um, AFC under 20s. So Amelia Murray and Grace Wilson are part of the young Australian team that have just defeated Guam 13-0 in our qualifiers. So congratulations to them. Really challenging game. Guam. Guam. Not really a, a superpower in the no, world game. Traditional rivals. Um, and Friday night, it was massive at Cooper Stadium. Again, we speak about this guy, Nestori Irankunda. Irankunda is away. This could seal it. Wouldn't you know it? Unbelievable. This kid is going places, but hopefully not yet, because we are loving watching him in the A-League. There's a sense of excitement around mm. Cooper Stadium yeah, where Simon Hill's voice there. Yes, you? before he even made his way onto the pitch. So he comes on as a super sub now because he doesn't have the tank to run out mm. 90 minutes. So um, you can see where he's warming up at the northern end of Cooper Stadium. Everybody gets excited. And then it's my job to announce that he's coming on. I don't need to do that. Everybody how, gets it. Like, well, how do you go about it? How do you, you know, how, remember Craig Willis, at the mm. MCG would sort of sometimes he exaggerated the vowels. Yes. And how do you? I want you to put your uh, Cooper Stadium announcer's yep. vest on. How do you announce the young man when he comes on? I've got two different two different methods. For the away team, if um, there's a substitution, I'll mm. very quickly go, substitution for Melbourne City coming off his Mark Bickley, he'll be replaced by Jared Walsh. Like very low key, low understated. Key, yeah. You know, you're the away Let's team, we don't the care. Story. Yeah, so I will say um, substitution for Adelaide United coming off is number 10, Zach Clough. And I'll pause mm. until Zach will make his way to high five Nestori. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go, he'll be replaced by number 66, Nestori Irankunda. 
So real kind of boxing vibes, <laughs> yes, isn't I it? I love it. Um, so then the crowd goes wild and he scores the fourth of our four goals. Um, Melbourne City haven't won in Adelaide for a couple of years. Mm. So we almost went in favourites. But as I said earlier, on paper, um, they're the best team in the competition and predicted to finish top yep. and potentially go one step further that they they went last year. Um, Andrew Naboot scores early for them. He's got a quite a coincidental surname because he scored off his right Naboot. And <laughs> I thought, we're in trouble here. But... Um, It'll be interesting to speak to Mark Milligan about it because that's the most attacking that I've seen Adelaide United play, and that was the message from Carl. Keep on pushing forward. When our mentality turns defensive, we turn the ball over a lot, and that's when I think the, the fans were the most nervous. Well, I think that's what people love when, when they go to football is seeing goals scored. And it's not been an issue this year for Adelaide United. No. They've leaked a few as well, but at the same time, it's what makes it fun when you get, get along and watch and just going back to uh, Nasturi Irukunda, you might know this, a question without notice. How did he arrive at the number 66? I haven't asked him. I'm well, not I, sure. I, that's a little little uh, job for you just to find out. Go behind the curtain and yes. find out what is the story behind number 66. It's I'll find really that out. It's not really a... Uh, you know, a typical number of a, a soccer player, is it? No, I'll find that out this week. There is a, there is quite a funny story about one of the players, though. Asad Kasumovic, one of the young players. We'll, we'll be the judge of that, okay. if it's funny or not. All right. He's number 47. <laughs> 47. Yeah. yeah. Now, there used to be a player in the NBA whose name was Andre Kirilenko. He was also number 47. Mm-hmm. AK-47. That's literally what he's gone. Oh, there you with, go. I which, like that. I mean, do that's, you know? That's the goal we're looking for. Yeah, we want to yeah. know uh, what happens with Nestori and why number 66. Okay, please. well, I, I will find out. Um, Lockie Bar scores, Craig Goodwin, Louis Dorigo, and Nestori. So Adelaide United are third with a match against Newcastle on the weekend, followed by Wellington at home. The women, not so good for the Reds. They went down to Canberra United. Michelle Heyman is one of the best scorers mm. in women's football. She ended up with a hat-trick. So disappointing season for the Adelaide United women. Let's talk about what happened using the colour red, and that is the red of Liverpool taking on Manchester United. 7-0. Waking up to that news on the weekend, that's unheard of. I couldn't believe it. And and I off-air I put this to you, so I'll ask you on-air. What's the equivalent in AFL terms? Because I reckon 3-0 would be like a 10-goal loss. Yeah. Yeah, so seven nil, which is one of the biggest defeats. I think it was. I heard someone say it was the biggest defeat that Man United had had, or Liverpool had beaten Man United by. So it's a record breaker. It's got to be. One fifty. You'd you have to say one hundred and fifty points in an in an Australian rules match yeah, where 20, you twenty five goals. Wow. That's, yeah. That's sort of Melbourne territory, isn't it? Sort of early. What was that? Sort of two thousand. It's a don't come Monday kind of mm, uh, conversation. Wow. Let, let's have a listen to some of those highlights. Salah, good night and good luck, Liverpool 4, Manchester United 0, here is Darwin Nunez, it is 5-0, Salah, it is 6, it's become Liverpool's best day of the season. Could it get worse for the visitors, Salah, Roberto Firmino. Manchester United's day completely miserable. 
It is extremely miserable. Now, and if you, the front page of whatever the paper is in Manchester United, I promise you it said Seventh Heaven. <laughs> it would have had to <laughs> have been something true. like that. Uh, a couple of funny things that have come out of that. First of all, celebrating Mo Salah, um, Liverpool's highest ever Premier League goal scorer, surpassing Robbie Fowler to get to 129. Mm. So Mo Salah now has received more cards for taking his shirt off after mm. scoring mm. Um, at Anfield than Man U have scored goals at Anfield since 27-18. So Mo Salah has received two or three yellow cards for taking his shirt off. Man, you haven't even scored that many goals against Liverpool there. Mm. And they love that rivalry. It hasn't done much for where Liverpool are on the Premier League table. And, and Man United, it's probably caused a bit more pain because they're sitting – in third spot at the moment, um, and Man City are nine points clear of them. So mm. uh, the other big story was the celebration from Arsenal, who came from 2-0 down yeah, to win 3-2. But keeping in mind, the celebration was fantastic. Um, they beat Bournemouth, who were bottom of the table in the relegation zone. So celebrate it, but it's not that exciting. I think it was the fact they conceded a goal after nine seconds, and they conceded a second, I think. So they were they were a long way back, but they were able yeah. to find a way. And it was in the 95th minute, yeah, I think, it's, I saw the Yeah, it was, so a, it was a, a good finish. It was a buzzer beater. We love uh, – no, that's basketball. Oh, uh, it, was, <laughs> it was a sporting vernacular I went with. Well, if you want to talk about the world game, definitely get involved. Zero four two seven one five four one double six. We are here in SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. We're going to do a sports update next. Tire Power, best buys on big brand sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go. 11 minutes to 7. Good morning to you. Thank you very much for listening, whether it's on 1629 or on the app. If you want to give us a buzz, one 736 736 Just for doing that, you'll go into the running to win this amazing cricket stump esky filled with nippies, ice-flavoured milks and fresh juices. Uh, we will give you a sports update very soon, Bix, but a few texts coming in, my friend. Yes, we have. Um, beating man scum 7-0, that's a bit tough, isn't it? <laughs> it's one of the best days of my life. I wonder how many children will be born in nine months. That's Alex from Westlakes. I guess it depends how many female men, uh, Liverpool supporters there are, I would say. Uh, yes. A little bit reliant on that. Uh, the atmosphere was electric last Friday at Cooper's, led by the best, Jay Walsh. Walshy, what is the relevance behind your Guernsey number? What uh, Guernsey number do you have? So number six is my favourite number. Yes. And uh, that has a couple of random messages in there. One of them related to LeBron James yep. because of my my love for him. Mm-hmm. I, I never, never really liked the number 23. So when he left Cleveland originally, he went to Miami and used his um, Team USA number, which is number six. But for some reason, I've always lived at houses that were connected to the number six. So mm. if it wasn't six, it was 18. So always um, different multiples of number six. So I like it. Mm. There you go. Thank you. Um, oh, my daughter's six as well. So this year it's even more special until she turns seven. <laughs> uh, and another one here says that, Jared, you should do the players coming on and off announcements at port games. When they rotate off the bench, part of the game day experience. There's innovation for you. What you hear that? a lot of my voice. Oh, he's on, he's off, he's on. Here comes Bokey and someone else is back on. Yes. See, that, that would be uh, nauseating, I think. Too much. Maybe just when, I don't know, someone special comes on. 
Well, the sub is activated, perhaps. The sub could be a good one. Mm, the vest is off. I get nervous because, and I'll, I'll find this audio. It's viral on social media. I um, I, My voice broke mm. at the A-League Grand Final. Good so, uh, oh, thank you. Um, I will play that again for the people who haven't heard it. So I get nervous that that will happen all the time, especially when I get excited at Adelaide United matches. But it's, it's not about me. It's about the sports update, which we'll do right now. If the button works, it's going to work. The SCNSA Breakfast Sports Update. Oh, Mark. Let's start with cricket. <laughs> Australian Test Captain Pat Cummins will remain in Australia with his family, with Steve Smith to again captain the team in the fourth test against India in his absence. Now, Pat Cummins, who departed the tour following the second test in Delhi last month, will remain in Sydney where his mother, Maria, is ill with breast cancer and is in palliative care. Smith, who has insisted his time as full-time captain of Australia is over, filled in with distinction in the third test in indoor to lead the visitors, or lead, I should say, to a rare win, keeping their hopes of levelling the series this week alive. The fourth test starts on Thursday, with the Australian team likely to remain unchanged from the winning combination from indoor. Let's have a listen to... <laughs> wait, Steve. wait, before we do that, where are they playing? Indoor. <laughs> no, but where are they playing? Where's the next test? You've got in, in pro- India. No, you read it. Read it. What does it, it say? It is uh, Ahmed Dibad. <laughs> it's actually not too bad. He's Steve Smith. My time's done. So um, uh, it, it's Paddy's team now. Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm able to, to stand in um, this week in, in obviously the circumstances with, with Paddy going home. And, um, you know, our thoughts are still with him back home as well. So now, look, um, India is a a part of the world I love captaining um you know it's a game of chess every ball means something and um and it's uh, it's good fun just moving people and, and trying to make the batter think something different and um and just playing games with them so um it's probably my favorite place in the world to captain um you know you, you think back home in Australia generally you're you're playing with a third slip or putting your third slip to cover or your square leg up or back or something like that. There's not too much that sort of goes on with it. You, you sort of just stick to the same game plan and, um, and you know, trust what you're trying to do there. But playing in this part of the world, you have to be really proactive. Um, every ball is in an event and that ball can dictate what happens the ball after, which is something that I really love and, um, you know, you've got to be ahead of the game. So I thought I did it well this week and, um, yeah, it was good fun. We tend to agree, Steve. You did do it well. I'll tell you what I'm thinking a little bit about. As bad as the wickets have been, I like it when the ball dominates the bat. Mm. So I, I can take or leave test cricket here in Australia where it's two for 350 and every, every test match there's one or two centurions. Go to England on a green top, go to India where it really spins. When, when the ball is dominating, the batsmen have to work really hard to earn their runs. I like that. Watching as a cricket watcher, I, I prefer that than the other way around. Let's uh, talk. It also shows, sorry, the Nathan Lyon too. Like he's, it's almost like going into each test, he's almost written off saying, okay, well, this could be his last one. It could mm. be his last one. And it takes a, a tour to India to see what he's doing at 35, 36 years of age to have 
almost career best figures over there. That was it's amazing. Spectacular. Yeah, that was after he was written off after the first test, yes. wasn't it? Uh, another Aussie has joined the NBA with Sydney Kings NBL MVP Xavier Cook signing a two-year deal with the Washington Wizards. The 27-year-old power forward will play at the remainder of the NBL Championship Series between Sydney and New Zealand Breakers before he links up with the Wizards for the rest of the current NBA campaign and a 2023-24 contract buyout. Cooks has averaged 16 points, 7.8 rebounds and four assists per game. Took out the MVP honours, which is great. He becomes the 11th Aussie to join the current NBA ranks alongside Ben Simmons, Josh Giddy, Dyson Daniels, Josh Green, Joe Ingles, Matthias Steibull, uh, Paddy Mills, Jock Landau, Matthew Delavadova and Jack White. It's big for him he didn't play yesterday, so game two of the NBL playoffs. Sorry, was on Sunday, um, and that's a that's an amazing series. That's a best of five series mm. where in Sydney, New Zealand got the win of game one. Then Sydney went over without their two best players playing, and Sydney got the win. So it's uh, one all at the moment. I think it's one of those bittersweet things with Xavier Cooks that he was always going to bigger and better things, but losing him from the NBL mm. is um, tough. Because he's been so good, we we love seeing our best players play in our competition. But um, yeah, he he'll be he'll be pretty good over there. Well, what's going to be my next question? Will he make an impact? How much court time will he get? Because I'd hate to think that he'd go over there and sit on the bench. Well, for, if for it, nine eighths or seven eighths of the game, nine eighths would be hard. Wouldn't if it? you go through some <laughs> of these players, so the Aussies that you listed, so yep. Ben Simmons, we know that he will get court time. Josh Giddy mm-hmm. starting for Oklahoma. Dyson Daniels, Josh Green are getting limited minutes at their team. Um, Joe Ingles is having an impact for the Bucks. So a, a lot of the players go over there and they just find a, a little role um, to suit them. But it's so cutthroat mm. over there in the NBA. What's happening with Paddy Mills? Seems to have dropped off a little bit. I did notice that as well. So he's not getting many minutes over in Brooklyn. I think now, since that they have lost the big names in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, they're focusing on a rebuild. Mm. So whether that's something that they'll look to move Paddy when they can, or they're happy just him sitting around and playing minutes when he needs to, um, I'm not too sure. But the, that's the advantage if you have players like that, that Matthew Delavidov was playing in the NBL last year for Melbourne United and went back to the NBA. Um, mm. The great thing is they now have a league that if things don't work out for them, they can come back to a, a highly competitive league in Australia. Yep. And finally, with the sports update, Alex Dimonor defeated Tommy Paul in the final of the Mexican Open to take his maiden ATP 500 title. That is great work by him. He earned himself $550,000, a great trophy, and he had his photo taken with a giant Sombrero on for the Mexican <laughs> Open. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Um, something we did uh, find out last night, which is exciting for football and a couple of local clubs, Bix, and I missed it in the um, the sports update, uh, the World Game one. Football Australia confirming 32 Australian football clubs from across the country submitted their expressions of interest to take part in the second division competition. So how does this impact South Australia? Three clubs in South Australia have lodged their expressions of interest to join the second division competition. Mm-hmm. So Adelaide City, who are part of the, the former NSL competition, Playford City Soccer and Community Club and a composite side. So a couple of teams getting ready together. Campbelltown City, Northeastern Metro Stars and West Torrens Bacala. They are all really big powerhouses when you think about the MPL. So this mm. is going to begin in March 24. 
24 to 36 games. So it's good for South Australian football. We'll try and get on Michael Carter from Football South Australia before the end of the week to talk yes, about it. Yes, indeed. And one thing that was also great, a couple of weeks ago we talked about, or not two weeks ago, Port Adelaide's season launch and they had their induction into their Hall of Fame. The Adelaide Football Club had their season launch last night. They do their life member announcements mm. at the season launch. And there were some, uh, some great names who were inducted uh, or were given life membership, rewarded. Uh, Rory Laird is a current player. Uh, he's made the minimum requirement. I think it's 10 years on the list. So Rory Laird, what a star he has been. When you think about he came off the rookie list. So well done to Rory Laird. Luke Brown recently retired, is also inducted uh, as a life member. And Ruckman Sam Jacobs has been rewarded for his service as well. So they all played in Adelaide's last grand final in 2017. There were two other really notable uh, stalwarts that were uh, given life membership. Dr. Steve Kennett. He's an absolute superstar. He's my doctor and he's been there for a long, long time and continues to be there. And also former recruiter, uh, Stephen McChrystal. Steve McChrystal was there, I was, I reckon, early to mid-90s, I reckon, he's been there and, and retired recently, only last year. So been a long-time recruiter at the club based out of Melbourne and done some great things and recruited some great players. So to, uh, to Rory, to Luke, to Sam, to Steve and Stephen... Well done and uh, very much deserved. As we go to the news, we are going to talk about the Crows pre-season and how they finished up in Western Australia alongside Port Adelaide too. Um, Hannah Petty was announced as the Adelaide Thunderbird skipper for uh, 2023 too. So really, really good choice, I think. Um, she gets to keep that uh, captaincy and leading into the season, which starts in a couple of weeks. At the moment, it is 7 o'clock. We'd love to hear from you. The text line 0427 154 166. More team Ford Mount Barker for V6 Ranger. It's SENSA. Good morning. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's and good morning, happy Tuesday, two minutes past seven. Uh, a big couple of hours still to come. Sam Edmund will let us know everything that's happening over in Victoria where a couple of clubs had big results. A few had really disappointing results as well, Bix, um, especially Essendon on AFL 360 last night. <laughs> Essendon was a talking point <laughs> once again, and um, Sam Edmund will keep us up to date with all of that. Let's turn our attention, though, to both of our SA teams. Polar opposites, the results from both uh, Adelaide and Port Adelaide. Mark Bickley, as we have a look at the Crows first and how you think they fared in Western Australia over the week. Yeah, as I said right at the uh, beginning of the show, I could not have been more impressed with Adelaide. So there's a few things that stood out. One is they look really fit. They've got almost every player available. There's a couple of injuries. Uh, Worrell hurt his um, hamstring. That was last week against Fremantle. There's a couple of other players. Uh, McPherson's not playing. But other than that, just about everyone else is available. So they look fit. We shouldn't be surprised. Darren Burgess has got a great track record with footy clubs and a lot of people, excuse me, suggest that the second year is where the benefits start to come. After your second preseason with with Darren Burgess, you really, your body is hardened and you get really, and you really, that fitness level is where it needs to be. So they look fit. They look like they had uh, great hunger and energy as well. They wanted to move the ball quickly, which was polar opposite to what West Coast did. They look slow and, and stagnant. Adelaide, when they switched the ball, that they really wanted to take off and get the ball moving, so that was good. Then, then playing wise, the big story I guess was Riley Thilthorpe not making the side. So it looks like 
Riley O'Brien and Elliot Himmelberg will be the, the sort of one-two in terms of ruck, tall forward combination. Most people thought that Riley Thilthorpe would get that role done. But on exposed form and what we've seen, O'Brien's done enough to keep his spot as the number one ruckman. And then what we've seen is Himmelberg, whose ruck work has been okay, and it's probably Thilthorpe and, and Himmelberg ruck work is very similar. But Himmelberg has just been more effective in the front half of the ground. So he's kicked a couple of goals or had shots on goal, been able to mark it in the forward half of the ground much more consistently than what Riley Thilthorpe has done. Now that's, Is that a concern? Well, it's not a concern because what it means is you've got a good side and you're not gifting games to young players. Now, Riley Thilthorpe will be a good player, but he's still 20 years of age. And so I, I don't think there's a concern. It, he has to earn his spot in the side because what, what the alternative is, is you say to Elliot Himmelberg, oh, sorry, Elliot, you're not playing because we're going to play Riley because he's got a bigger future than you. Mm. How, how does that conversation go in terms of rewarding people for the work they do? I just don't think you can have that conversation. Uh, so that is interesting to keep an eye on that. Is it is it absolutely locked in? Probably not, but I would think on exposed form, that's how it might start. Ben Keyes' performance, he's playing as a high half forward. Keyes, along with Laird, the last two years have been the two sort of constants in Adelaide's midfield in terms of winning the ball, spending most of the minutes there. He's out of that midfield mix now. They prefer, or it looks like they're preferring guys who use the ball a bit better. He kicked four goals still. So mm. this is the second time he's had a real impact uh, on the scoreboard. If you remember, he played as a, as a negating forward on Saad against Carlton. I think he kicked four goals that night. So to play that role where you can get up and down the ground and still impact the scoreboard is very, very important. So that's a positive. Fogarty's preseason looks really good. He looks strong and confident. A lot of lot has been spoken about him, so uh, he continues to improve. Well, let's have a listen to what Matthew Nick said about Darcy Fogarty. Yeah, it was it's it was so pleasing to see him again perform. Um, I mean, he he would be at the moment the the one player that you would refer to of where our team is is hopefully getting to, and you know right throughout. I think if we go back, you know, say six or nine months ago. You know, people were wondering what was going on, but he's done an incredible job off his own bat. You know, it's it's on him, and I've I've said that. Hmm. There you go, Matthew Nix um, praising Darcy Fogarty, who looks really good. So his back half of the year, the last eleven or twelve games, kicked thirty-one goals. So if you extrapolate that out, that's a 60, uh, 60 goal season if he was able to continue that form for the, the 23 games that Adelaide play this year. And the other big thing is some of the ball users, they're trying to get through the middle. So we know Berry and Laird are going to be in there. We've seen Matt Crouch spasmodically. He probably won't play round one. But it's been the introduction of Rochelle, Rankin, Saligo. They're all really clean. They, they use the ball really well. Uh, so they bring a bit more use and uh, they're more dynamic through that middle part. They've got some speed. And, and the real measure of Adelaide is the fact that Jones, McHenry, Murphy, Cook, Scholl, a lot of these players who have played, you know, McHenry and Jones have played 40 or 50 games over the last couple of years. Murphy's played probably 70 games over the last three or four years, not even really in the conversation for round one. So that shows the improvement that Adelaide have made. Uh, now, it puts the uh, the blowtorch on some of those young guys to, to, to turn it up, to try and get back in the side. But right now, Adelaide look better with that sort of They've been overtaken by that next breed, Berry, Saligo, Rochelle, um, 
and yeah, that's and, and Rankin and Dawson who have come from other clubs. So the last two years have been quite fruitful for Adelaide at the trade table and also at, at the draft table. So from the form that you have seen over the past two matches, but let's just let's just focus on um, the West Coast game because that was your traditional kind of four-quarter match, your yep. last real hit out where you think it's going to be the starting 22, ideally in, in Nick's opinion. Um, does your mentality and prediction change from where you think they'll finish from what you've seen over one, potentially two practice mm. matches? I had Adelaide finishing a little bit similar to where they were last year. Um, I, I probably upgrade that a little bit. So if they finished... 14th last year, I had them, you know, around sort of 10th to 12th and, and maybe it's now maybe 8th to 12th. I still don't think they've got enough uh, good players through the midfield. I mentioned Rochelle, Rank and Saligo. They haven't really played a huge amount of midfield minutes. So to think that they're going to come in and be able to play a full year through the midfield, I just don't think that's realistic, but they've got some weapons up forward. I'm still a bit worried about defense. Um, you know, you look at uh, some of the teams that are, you know, Western Bulldogs, for example, are playing three or four really big tools and Adelaide have Butts and Murray and Duday. I just feel like they're a little bit skinny down back. And if that trend goes towards playing, tall, you know, multiple tall forwards, I think Adelaide are going to, you know, find it really difficult or those guys are going to have to really stand up. So I still, ha- it hasn't changed. But at the same time, I said this at the start of the show also, as good as Adelaide were, the opposition was Terrible. I just thought I was so disappointed with what West Coast showed. There was no intensity. There was no. They played stop-start footy. They got pinned down across half back. They didn't look to move the ball quickly. They tried to play safe. They they turned the ball over in their back half on numerous occasions. So I'm reserving my judgment. And I, and I think round one will be a great test for Adelaide because um, GWS played really well against the, against the Suns. They kicked 143 points. They've got a new coach. They look to be up and about in terms of their energy and their, uh, their excitement, which Adelaide had as well. But what um, GWS have is high-end talent. They've got lots of high-end talent. And that'll go straight up against Adelaide, which I think will be a great test for them. And one thing Adelaide have done really well is their pressure and intensity has been great. So it really all it's done is heighten my expectations for round one, and I'm really keen to see how they go against them um, solid opposition. What do you think, Crows fans? One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Port Adelaide fans, it was a bit of a different result than what you were expecting over the weekend, especially the seven days in Western Australia. We'll cover the Port Adelaide match next. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's 16 minutes past seven, going for 21 degrees today across Adelaide. We are here thanks to Tire Power. Selected Falcon Tires by three. Get one free. Uh, very soon we're going to catch up with Mark Milligan from Adelaide United Bix, but we're in the middle of analysing uh, the Adelaide. Adelaide Crows performance, and we'll get to Port Adelaide in a second from Western Australia. Yes, let's go to the talkback line, one 736 Sam joins us from Beulah Park. G'day, Sam. G'day, boys. G'day, Bix. Um, yeah, I was just listening to your analysis, Bix, and I think um, just a couple of points came to mind. Yeah, you can't extrapolate out too much from the opposition. West Coast are, are quite strong, but you can extrapolate out from the way the Crows were playing. I think there was a little bit of what Collingwood looked like early last year, just that manic pressure on the ball carrier mm. and all the players buying in. And I, I think it was quite easy to tell last year that Collingwood had got a good coach in Craig McRae. 
And although there's been a sort of a longer sample size with the Crows, they look like that to me. They look, you can't change the talent on the park. It is what it is. And as you suggested, they'll probably get better as they uh, get more talent through the door. But I think if I was a Crows fan, and I have never been one, I would be quite excited by the way they're going to play this year. Yeah, it's interesting because I think Matthew Nix has always had the buy-in from the group, even when they were poor last year, you would always say, well, geez, they can't try any harder, mm. but they're just making mistakes. So they've brought some polish and that manic pressure is was evident. And we talked about, you can only do that if you're really fit because that's a high energy, high intensity game. I think the difference between Collingwood, Collingwood's back line uh, is an intercepting back line. You think of Jeremy Howe, you think of Darcy Moore, you think of Maynard and, and they really rebound from turnover across halfback. I'm not sure Adelaide have, quite got the same amount. Dawson was really good on the weekend, uh, jumped in and, and took some intercept marks and, and launched some turnovers. But I don't think he's going to be that guy. Um, but yeah, so Adelaide, Tom Duday potentially is that guy, but I'm just not sure he's in super form at the moment and hasn't sort of uh, been able to take those four or five intercept marks like um, you know someone like a Howe or a Darcy Moore is able to do. Stephen May is another one. So teams, you need marking players. McGovern, I think, took seven intercept marks for Adelaide on the, uh, for West Coast against Adelaide on the weekend. They are desperate for that player because when you intercept from an opposition kick, the opposition's not set up. You go straight back at them and you score from turnover. That's what the really good sides have been able to do. And Adelaide got a lot of front half turnovers, which is even better because I thought West Coast were really poor with their ball use and ball movement. But I think it's going to be, it's much more difficult to turn the ball over in your front half. Generally, most of them happen in that sort of um, half-back area and Adelaide are going to continue to build on that that part right. of the ground. What we are going to do is we are going to head to Mark Milligan in a couple of moments from Adelaide United just to talk about their big win on Friday night against Melbourne City. Uh, Port fans, we'll talk about your season and if there should be a few nerves floating around Albert and leading up to the 18th of March where the power take on the Brisbane Lions at Adelaide Oval. Um, we'll do that just after 7.30, so don't go anywhere. Mark Milligan next on SEN. Independently owned tyre power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! 24 minutes past seven. Good morning to you. We are here in SENSA Studio Lumo. Powered by Lumo Energy SA. A powerful performance from Adelaide United on Friday against Melbourne City at a packed Cooper Stadium. It's all thanks to another goal by Nestori Irinkunda. Irikunda is away. This could seal it. Wouldn't you know it? Unbelievable. This kid is going places, but hopefully not yet, because we are loving watching him in the A-League. Our assistant coach, Mark Milligan, you would be very happy with that result against top of the table, Melbourne City. Good morning to you. What's for breakfast this morning, Millsy, please? <laughs> <laughs> no, just a coffee with Colin, our kit man, this morning. Colin? Easy. Okay, well, that's good. Colin uh, Bix is uh, a legend, Corin Valakari, who um, he normally gets uh, a lot of the merchandise and flogs heaps of it, which is brilliant. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, talk about the result, Millsy. It was a really good night. It was a fantastic night. And look, I think first and foremost, uh, uh, you know, apart, you put aside that first 20 minutes, I thought the performance was was excellent as well. And it's, um, you know, I think we've been threatening that for the last few weeks and haven't quite got over the line. But, um, you know, I think especially 
sort of just before halftime and just after halftime, uh, you know, was as was as close to I think a complete performance as we've put on for a little while. Three goals in twelve minutes is the period you're talking about. How good is it to do it though in front of a packed house at Cooper's Stadium? Like you said, you've been threatening to do it, but to put it on display against the best side in front of your home crowd, geez, you couldn't have scripted it any better. No, not really. And I think, look, I think that's, um, you know, it's part of a lot of the reason why. I think, again, on Friday night, um, the, the support that the boys get is, is absolutely fantastic. And I think I've said it before, you know, from the outside in for a long time, both as a player and then obviously as a pundit last year, you, you see how passionate the Adelaide supporters are. But to, to be able to sit in front of them every second week is, um, it, it's a treat. Millsy, watching that first 20 minutes that you spoke about, it was frantic. I thought far out. The the team that survives this is probably going to walk away with the points because it was so chaotic. Um, one of the things I loved listening to Carl Viet standing pretty close was the attacking mentality just to keep on moving forward and keep on pushing forward because I feel that when we didn't and we lost focus there, that's when we started turning the ball over a little bit. So was that a focus during the week to just keep on attacking because we know we've got the firepower to score goals? Yeah, well, that's been you know a focus of ours pretty much from the beginning. We we know we're a much better team when we're when we're looking to play forward, when we're looking to be on the front foot, both with and without the ball. I think. We, we tend to be able to control games a little bit better without the ball when, when we're nice and positive. Um, you know, that, as I said, that's something we, we work on a lot. And, you know, we, we, have, we know we have a lot of firepower up front. And for, the, for our front sort of four or five to, you know, work extremely hard is very, very important because, you know, that's where we look to make changes during a game. Um, so they can sort of work their socks off. And when you know you have the likes of uh, Nesta sitting on the bench and a few of the other young boys as well, they can sort of afford to do that. Now we saw Hiroshi get a, a knock to the head. Did he have a few stitches? Is that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't nice at all. Um, I think he had about 10 or 11 stitches sort of mm. across the top of his forehead there and you know it's not not a not a not the best area especially for hero uh doesn't mind heading the ball so we might have to give that a little rest for a little bit yes now mark last time we spoke we were talking about nasturi irakunda and you poured some cold water on him and let's just keep the lid on i reckon the lid's getting harder and harder to keep on when he keeps on coming on and scoring great goals yeah, absolutely. Um, and look, it is it is very important, you know, for us to to know uh, exactly what he is and and where he's at. But um, you know, full credit to to Nesta. The last sort of month, especially, um, you know, he has been he's been fantastic. He's been working extremely hard. Um, I think there comes a point in in all sort of players. Uh, careers, whether that's sort of early on or a little bit later, it, it, it starts to, I, I guess, click and he's starting to understand, um, you know, what he has to do on a daily basis, uh, you know, not not just, you know, the day before or the day of a game. And, you know, for him, I think he has so much, so much talent for him to be able to realise that and, and continue working. I think the, you know, the sky's the limit for him. We saw Zach Clough come off. He was the guy that Nestori came on for. Did he just get a knock to the foot or is it more of an injury that we need to be worried about? Uh, no, look, Zach's, Zach's good. He just copped a little bit of a kick uh, in a bit of a, you know awkward spot just on his ankle. So he's been, he's been very, very important for us the last few weeks. And, um, you know, he's really starting, I think, to, to show what he's capable of as well um, around the group too. He's absolutely fantastic. So he's just, he's just got a kick. He trained fully yesterday, so he, he's all right to go.
Just finally as well, Mark, it would have been really nice to have one day at Cooper Stadium around the boys after the game, especially to see his, his smiling face and to bring that kind of energy. And quite fittingly, it was um, against Melbourne City and that was the team that he suffered that horrific injury against anyway. So for both teams to get around him and um, to see his presence at Cooper Stadium must have meant a lot to the team. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're, we're lucky now he, with his, you know, he, we all know what a fantastic attitude he has, but to see him now on a little bit more of a regular basis coming into training and it's very difficult to keep him away. And look, I just want to throw in there. I think after the game, there was a very, um, uh, touching moment for me as well. I'm quite close with Jamie McLaren and both he and one day ran into each other in the tunnel afterwards and, and one day had a little gift for him. And I said to Jamie, what, what's going on there? And um, just after everything that happened in the last round, I think a few of the Melbourne City boys got together and sort of sent something to one day, just wishing him well. And, and one day, obviously, returned the favour after the game. And for me, that was just a fantastic moment and I think really speaks to what our sport's about. Oh, we love that. And that was uh, that was paramount, especially on the day when he went down to see the, the City players get around him. So, Mark, congratulations. A great result Friday. The, the attention turns to Newcastle and then Wellington and home. Some, some winnable matches, but as you can see how close the A-League men's ladder is, um, three points couldn't be more important as you go into this weekend to hopefully solidify that second position. So enjoy coffee with Colin. Hopefully you paid for it. And uh, good luck on the weekend. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. Have a good have a good day. Great result for Adelaide United. If you haven't got tickets to the next home game yet, Bix, you need to get the boys yes. down there and have some fun at Cooper Stadium. I do, I do. I've got the soccer goals in my backyard and my boys playing uh, soccer all the time. So I need to do that. And I feel a bit guilty, though. You can't just jump on when they look like they're going to play. There's plenty of room for bandwagoners, mate. <laughs> just, just get on board. Okay, we'll do that then. Definitely, we'll do that before the season finishes. Mark Milligan, our guest. Uh, next, we are going to have a look at Port Adelaide's performance in Western Australia. If you want to get involved in the show, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 It's SENSA. Your local tyre power. Save on selected Falcon passenger tyres by three, get one free at Tyre Power. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! 25 minutes to 8. Good morning. Thanks for listening, whether it's on 1629 or on the app. If you want to get involved in the show... 0427-154-166. We have plenty of texts coming through. We're going to read them out very soon. If you're having a, a crack at you as well, Mark Bickley, which we love as we turn the spotlight on. I think that your time is done, and I think that the spotlight should go on top of me. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Time for the spotlight, and of course, uh, Port Adelaide's trial game against West Coast was, uh, sorry, not West Coast, against Fremantle. It wasn't exactly how they would plan, I think. The West Coast one wasn't either. No, exactly. <laughs> but I thought that after that game, which they did win, but West Coast weren't great, you, I thought that they would ramp up the intensity, but unfortunately they they weren't able to do it. Fremantle comfortably accounted for them, and there was the similar theme again of not great ball movement, not great entry into their forward line. There wasn't this... Uh, real intensity about them. So it, it has made a lot of people nervous. And Nathan Buckley uh, spoke about this, but he's backing Ken Hinckley in. I think they could win as few as 10 and as many as 16. I, I have them as big swingers, which was very similar to last year. Um, yeah, and they won't, they end up winning 10 games after a, over a terrible start. So I just, I think they've got, I think they've got great talent. They're just looking for synergy, looking for that, um, 
you know, rising tide lifts all boats type, type thing that where, where the players actually come together and make each other better. Mm. I don't think we're seeing that um, in the last 18 months, like definitely last year. Few Port Adelaide fans are a little bit nervous, Bix, because in 11 days' time, the 18th of March, Brisbane come to Adelaide mm. Oval and you saw on the weekend the, the powerhouse of the Brisbane Lions. And yes, it's pre-season, but if, if they're all firing... It's scary times. Mm, it is. Uh, e- even if Adela- uh, Port Adelaide were up and firing, you're still going to have trouble beating Brisbane. Mm. I think Brisbane are probably uh, going to be up and around the, the top couple this year. So they they have to improve. You would think they've got sort of a line of sight on this at least. There's nothing worse than going into the preseason, think you're going well, and they hit round one last year, and then all of a sudden it all falls apart. So at least – they know that they've got to raise the intensity. So I think that this this week or the next two weeks on the training track, you will see a very serious, very intense training. They, they will turn the screws up. So I would expect them to be able to in, improve the intensity, if nothing else, of what they've turned out. They still, I tend to agree with Nathan Buckley. They, they've got great talent on their list. We spoke, uh, sorry, I, I, what I took out of the game, Connor Rosie is going to be a star. He just looked like a class above in the midfield. And the other thing that I took out of it, Jason Horn Francis looked really, really good as a midfielder. He had some burst speed that uh, we just took away from, uh, from stoppage and ran with the ball. Yes. He's going to have to improve some of his disposal because often he's moving quickly and, uh, and didn't dispose of it. Great. But at the same time, I just saw a glimpse of what you're going to get in maybe by the back half of the year uh, you know, once he settles down and calms down to that sort of midfield intensity, I think potentially Port Adelaide, within a year or two, could have two outstanding, you know, sort of leading midfielders in the one team. So, can they get synergy? Can they get players that haven't played a lot of footy and have had injury interrupted seasons and pre seasons? Like Dixon has had no continuity in his footy for a long period of time. Uh, Fantasia hasn't. Uh, Rioli hasn't. Well, been... that's a text that Lindsay sent in on zero four two seven one five four one double six. Underdone players: Dixon, Fantasia, Rioli, Wines, Finlayson, Butters, Lysette, Georgie, Artis just haven't had enough football. That's not good going into the early part of the yeah. season. So, it might be season defining. So some of those have had, like Rioli and and Fantasia, have done a lot this preseason. Mm-hmm. So is Dixon. Dixon. They've had injury interrupted preseasons this year, but they haven't put, you know. 24 months of footy together. They've missed big chunks of footy. Fantasia didn't play for a year last year and Rioli came back halfway through the year. So there's been, they just had, haven't had continuity of playing and that's when you get your best results. So I think maybe it could be bumpy for the start, but I think they will get going. There's too much talent in that group and too much on the line for them not to get going in my book. So I asked you the question about the Crows after what you've seen from Port Adelaide. We'll, we'll be specific in the match against Fremantle because that's as closest as you're going to get to an AFL match. Mm. Preparing for the game against Brisbane here in Adelaide on the 18th, your predictions for Port Adelaide moving into 2023, have they changed from what you have seen in the preseason? They haven't changed because I'm hesitant to let one or two games in preseason redefine what I think about a footy team. So the players at Port Adelaide haven't lost their talent. Now, Zach Butters hasn't really fired up. Uh, and some of the other players that came back in, I thought Lysette might come back in and make more of an impact. And and their forward talent 
they're playing together for the first time, you know, with Horn Francis, with Rioli, Fantasia hasn't played a lot. They're all mixing in with players like Marshall, Georgiades and, and Dixon. What does that look like? So I feel like the, their, their first five games is quite tough. And if they can get away with two and three or three and two or something along those lines, I think they will still build. I've got still got Port Adelaide finishing inside the eight. So I'm not going to be – I'm more worried about Port than I was, but I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater after two disappointing performances across a week. I think the positives too, and Ollie Wine spoke about this at the end of the match. Not only did Ollie speak about his knee soreness, which is still giving him a, a bit of grief, especially at the end of matches – Miles Bergman's preseason's been really positive. Mm-hmm. Kane Farrell, but also um, we speak about Jason Horn Francis. There's a, another Francis, and that's Francis Evans, who really, yeah. really played well. And it's it's recruits like that that can have, have an instant impact straight away. Yeah, he bobbed up late, didn't he? he? Had three shots on goal and did some nice things. I don't think he's going to make their best side. I think he's just going to be on the fringe. But what will happen is if injuries do occur, and and there's a <laughs> without being too harsh, touch wood for Orazio Fantasia, but his body has let him down numerous occasions over the past several years. So if that does happen, to have someone who can come in and, and make an impact and have, like Ben McIntyre has come in and he puts great pressure on, but he doesn't really hit the scoreboard consistently. So if Evans can come in and do that, then he provides a really great backup. Sean Darcy, one of the best young ruckmen in the competition, going against Scott Lyset and Bryn Tika, we... We, we spoke about Port Adelaide's ruck stocks moving into the year with Dante Vicentini, Sam Hayes there. This was Ken Hinkley's thoughts on the ruck challenge over the weekend. Oh, we got beaten badly. Got beaten badly. That's where the, 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 the game got lost around the around the contest. Purely Fremantle got too many looks going their way and, and they were also able to return the ball off our stoppage win. So their work rate to get out um, after that. But the ruck battle itself, I mean, Darcy's a... He's a high-quality player. We all know that. And Scooter's coming back, hasn't played for a year. Um, he'll only get better from that too. Was he a rider? And his time on ground was pretty low. Was he? Who's that? Scooter. Was he? Yeah, no, we're, we're getting him back into full game conditioning and we're, we're mindful of that and we want to manage him to get back to that stage. He's, he's an older player, so we, we look after him well when we can and that's what pre-season allows you to do. It allows you to be manage, manage your players as well as you can. Oh, I, I, you know, we've got a bit to go. We've got some people to bring back into the side to, to, to adjust to and what that looks like. Charlie will play a bit of ruck, though. I imagine that's that's not going to be unfamiliar for us. We've done it last year, and I can see that being a bit continuous for us. You know, we've got Jeremy to come back into the side at some stage as well, so that'll open up some, some opportunities for us. Then we talk about the match against the Brisbane Lions. Oscar McInerney's pretty handy, and Joe Danaher can float around for mm. Brisbane too. So that's going to be a, a match-up to have a look at straight well, away. There's a couple of things there. Is Firstly, uh, Scott Lysett was uh, soundly beaten by Darcy. So he's a super competitor, like I said. He's been around a long time. And particularly when you get towards the end of your career, he's probably 30 or 31, turning 31 this year perhaps, uh, you will fight and scratch and scrape. You're not going to just, you know, hand over your position to someone else. So expect, once again, as he gets more game time, I expect him, he's a big aggressive player. He'll he'll fight for his spot and he'll be super competitive come round one uh, and beyond. The other one you mentioned, Charlie Dixon. Like, I still don't like the balance of Port Adelaide's forward line. You've got Dixon, Georgiades, Marshall, you know, fly sets around there as well. I, I just wonder at some stage whether um, they might – you heard Ken talk about that ruck position with, with Charlie Dixon. I think that Charlie Dixon might play – a bit more ruck this year and can do it on a consistent basis. And then that way you get two super competitive guys 
in the ruck, they both jump pretty hard at the footy, but they also get after it at ground level. And blokes like Butters and Horn Francis will will be the benefactors if they start to throw their weight around on the ground and clear some space for those little guys to whip through there. I think that's going to be really key to, to Port Adelaide's year this year. Port fans, what do you think? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Before we wrap up the spotlight, uh, one of the texts coming through said, the Crows have some depth for the first time in years. I expect the Crows will be okay down back. Worrell and Keane will help our back line. Bix, your thoughts. And then we've got to play what Kane Corns has said about Darcy Fogarty. Yeah, look... Worrell and Keane. Uh, Worrell has had an injury-interrupted preseason, has done very little, had a hamstring issue, came back, he's torn that hamstring again. And Worrell's played five games in his career. Uh, and Mark Keane has come back from Ireland and he's played five games total in his career. So in terms of the depth, I wouldn't be sort of highlighting those guys as the, the depth for Adelaide. And that's probably the areas that, that are a little concerning. So you've got... Uh, Ball Ace, who's been on the list now for a couple of years, he he is very sound physically, plays every game. He's big and he's strong. And and, uh, I think he's more of a depth player than perhaps Worrell and Keane. So um, I'm hoping that Adelaide's depth isn't tested because I reckon they're still a little bit skinny in that sort of, you know, third tall defender range. Well, you may have a 2023 Coleman medalist playing for the Crows this season if Kane Corns is anything to go by. I've questioned him as much as any player, I reckon. Mm. Does he have the attributes to make it in the position that he plays? Um, But since round 11 last year, he kicked 31 goals. Mm. Charlie Kern, I think, won the Coleman on 64. I reckon he can win the Coleman. that's That's how good. Well, he's kicked 31 in 11 games in a side that finished 14th. If he gets more opportunities and the ball movement improves... He doesn't miss at all. Like, he's probably the best set shot in the game, and I, I say that with any confirmation from any stats, but the eye would tell you that he rarely, if ever, misses, and he can kick them from outside 50. If, if Adelaide have a good year, Darcy Fogarty can win, can win the Coleman. Bix? Mm. Yeah, look, he can, but I need to see it for more than 11 games, I think. That, that's what we're basing last year on, and he's, everything that he said there is absolutely correct. Adelaide have moved the ball quicker. They've moved it better, which means you've got space for Fogarty to lead into. I just know, though, what happens in round one is these scores of 120 points and 144 points, and it just doesn't happen. There is more intensity. There is more stoppage. There is more pressure. So the ball doesn't move as freely as that. Now, I hope he can replicate that form. 60 goals would be an amazing year for Darcy Fogarty, um, and, I, and I hope he does, but it's just it's just going to be harder because the better you get, the more attention you get, you get the double teaming. What it does probably do is someone like Taylor Walker will be licking his lips because it yeah. allows him potentially to get the second best defender. And we know Taylor is still going to be a great player. And that's why, that's one of the really good things about Adelaide. They've got some real firepower in their front half. If they get it in there often enough and, and good enough, then they will kick some scores. But let's not forget Jeremy Cameron, Charlie Kerno. Uh, you've got Mackay at Carlton. They've both won the Coleman before. Tom Lynch at Richmond, if Richmond improve. And you've got Norton at uh, the Western Bulldogs. Now, Darcy could win the Coleman, but I reckon there's five or six in front of him if I were to start a book. 11 minutes to eight. We are here in SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. What do you think, Crows and Port fans? 0427 if you want to send us a text. If you're listening on the app, you can press a button there to call us. Do Next, we are doing On The Mark. 
Tire Power, best buys on big brand sale now on. Get into your local independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's Six minutes to eight, 21 degrees today across Adelaide. If you are the caller of the week, this is a great prize, Bix. We haven't got one yet, and I, I would like one personally. A cricket stump basically filled with nippies, ice-flavoured milks, and fresh juices. You can send us a text 0427 154 166 as we do this. Look at the dogs on the mark! Spaghetti-like on the mark. Wobbly man stuff on the mark. Every good side has a good captain, Mark Bickley! This is where I'll read a couple of statements. Yes. You need to say if they are on the mark or off the mark. It's okay. uh, really creative pretty, juices flowing. Pretty simple. Your name is Mark. <laughs> um, it's better than on the Simon yeah, if your name was or, Simon Bickley. On the Jared. Yeah, I mean, that's a different topic. Okay. Are you ready to go? Sure am. Far away. Riley Thilthorpe is not in the mix for round one and will play a bit of sandful to start the 2023 season. Is that on or off the mark? That is it's off the mark because it says he's not in the mix for round one. He's definitely in the mix. They will deliberate long and hard over it. You're having a crack at the question. No, 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 I'm not. I'm just, I'm just answering the question. <laughs> so it's off the mark, but I do think that he might just fall on the other side. I think Himmelberg and Riley O'Brien will lead the ruck and that ruck forward role in round one, but it won't be too long before... He's in the team. Okay, let me change the question. Riley Thilthorpe will play a bit of Sandful to start the 2023 season. (laughs) That's on the mark. (laughs) Okay. Um, Once you've seen Ed Sheeran play a few songs on a loop pedal, it's all quite same, same. Is that on or off the mark? That's off the mark. He's the most prolific singer, songwriter. He's the Bob Dylan of our generation. It's a big call. Oh, no. I'll just, that is, that's oh, that's, that's a big call. Are you just, like, jealous that you're, you know, you're a sort of DJ and he's sort of... I'm not talented it. at all, mate. I'm not talented at all. <laughs> you but are very talented. All I'm doing is asking the questions. Okay. No, that's off the mark. <laughs> uh, Port Adelaide fans better start preparing for more heartache to start the year, on or off the mark. I'm still okay with Port, but to to answer the question to the letter of the question, there will be heartache at the start of the year for Port Adelaide. They've got a really tough draw and they've got a couple of players who have had interrupted sort of preparations. So I think there could be some pain, but it it won't be life-threatening. They'll still play finals this year. Trent Cotchin is a protected species in the AFL. On or off the mark? It's on the mark. Uh, he he survived another near thing. Of course, there was the the uh, the grand final appearance after uh, a dubious uh, bump on one of the GWS players. And now I'm just reading Trent. He's only been suspended once in his whole career for one game. I think I read. If that is correct, that's that's an amazing stat because he plays the, the game pretty hard. But he's been on the he's got the rub of the green a few times at the tribunal. So I'm saying that's on the mark. We'll speak to Sam Edmund about that too because a lot of uh, a lot of people in Victoria are blowing up about that. Two more to go. Paddy Ryder returning to Essendon is the feel-good story the Bombers need. They need something, the Bombers. They've got a new coach. He's uh, trying to install some higher standards. We haven't quite seen that yet. That's going to take some time. But Paddy Ryder is one of the game's gentlemen. 
uh, and he's been uh, such a, a long-term player, AFL life member he was awarded this year, over 300 games in total, uh, been at Port Adelaide, of course started at Essendon before finishing at St Kilda. That is a great news story. And if he can help with their ruck stocks, and they've got some, some, uh, some talent to work with there, he was as good as there was as a tap, tap ruckman. That can only be good for, for Essendon. And finally, this is a left field one, but it'd be good to get your opinion on it. Cassie Sainsbury a.k.a. Cocaine Cassie, should certainly be on SAS Australia. Is this mm. on or off the mark? So Cassie's on SAS Australia. It's been revealed that yeah. she'll be alongside Anthony the Man Mundine. Mm. Peter Bowl is going to be on there too. Mm. Um, Good luck catching him if they do one of those run <laughs> races. It'd just be off. Yeah. Uh, look, it's like putting the, the mice in charge of the cheese factory, isn't it? it the SAS, aren't they the uh, meant to be the people we look up to and respect and they protect us? Yeah. And, yeah. Cassie's been on the wrong side of the law last time I checked. But anyway, we can... Uh, we I think, think Chappelle was on it previously <laughs> yeah. too. We're putting these convicted criminals on reality TV. <laughs> and we're like, it's, it's just sorry. Well, look, I'll tell you what, Ant will sort them out. Ant Middleton, enough! <laughs> <laughs> Last time you did that, you broke a glass. <laughs> you literally poured over. I, I have been a bit of a fan of SAS. I don't mind it. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Cassie Sainsbury on that. Okay. Well, thank you. I think that was a really successful segment. I obviously have to um, look at the way that the questions are written or the Please. statements are written. Yeah, make them a little bit uh, more black and white. I'm all about 360 feedback. So thank you very much <laughs> for that. We need your feedback too. one 736 736 Sam Edmund is joining us next on SENSA. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! 29 minutes to 7. Good morning to you on this Tuesday. 21 degrees today. If you are the caller or text of the week, you will win that cricket stump esky filled with nippies, ice-flavoured milks and fresh juices. The number here in Studio Loom by 1-300-736-736. What type of guy Sam Edmund is, the Chief Sports Reporter for SEN. I mean, this is award-winning radio right now. Mm. So good morning to you, Sam. Are you a bath or shower guy? And then we'll talk about football. Oh, Walshie, Bix, all sorts of visuals getting uh, painted here. I'm actually just uh, disappointed that uh, the Bix is a lid on, man. I mean, this might be the preseason, but this is the... Season to be getting carried away. I mean, I thought I thought you had one hand on the cup over in that part of the country at the moment. No, no. Well, um, they have been really impressive, Sam. I don't think anyone's denying that. But I need to see a little bit more than a really impressive game against you know a team that was non-competitive last year. And and frankly, were were quite unimpressive again the West Coast on uh, last Friday night. So they'll come up against the Giants away. And the Giants uh, under Adam Kingsley, who had a really good performance against the Suns on the weekend, I think that'll be a stern test. And, and if they are able to get past them and, and continue that really good form, then I think then we can start to get a little bit more excited. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I love the way they're playing, though. I mean, yeah. gee, they're hard, aren't they? They're mm. honest. They Fitch. have a real good crack. So there's a lot, and that's what you want to see as a supporter, I would imagine. If you're an Adelaide member listening this morning and you've been and you've watched their, their two pre-season games, then you, you're loving the way they're hard at it at the cold face. So that's a big tip. Mm, yeah, no doubt about that. Let's talk about, um, we're just discussing Trent Cotchin and, and his good fortune at the mm. tribunal. Jordan DeGoey was another one who uh, got a reprimand as well. So how did you see it and what's the reaction been like in Melbourne? Look, uh, divided, as it always is when it comes to this player and this club. I mean, he might just be the luckiest man in football when it comes to the MRO and the tribunal. So now nearly $12,000 in fines. 
Hard to believe he's only been suspended once across mm. his entire career. Now, that was way back. That was 12 years ago, back in 2010. Now, he famously plays on the edge. We know that. A number of high-profile incidents. I mean, there was that most infamous one of all, the GWS prelim bump on, on Dylan Shield. He played in the grand final, of course. There's been all sorts of close calls over the year. But the, the, the big point for mine was he was cited for misconduct rather than rough conduct. Now, he threw his elbow down onto the throat of James Harms in this instance out at uh, Casey Fields in that heavy loss uh, to Melbourne um, at the weekend. So that probably saved him at the end because that comes with a, a set amount, a set fine, if you like, basically, the, for, for, for um, instances that are classified as misconduct. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have had a problem if it was rough conduct or even striking and, and it was then therefore below the force required. But the misconduct table is so broad mm. um, and, and basically only exposes players to, to financial sanctions. That, that was the saving grace for him uh, in the end. Mm, yep, there you go. Once again, it's a um, it's it's an orchestrated outcome almost in, in some respects in terms of the way that you decide yeah. to grade it. It gives you more flexibility about how it is then um, looked after. But anyway, uh, the other result, I think, raises a couple of eyebrows and it maybe confirms what a lot of people are thinking. Brisbane's result over Geelong... Seven goal winners, keeping Geelong to six goals. I know Geelong probably aren't firing off all cylinders just yet. They have a you know a bit more relaxed build up to the start of the year than many other clubs. But just shot, fires a shot across the bow to all the clubs in the competition, doesn't it? Most people think Brisbane's list is very very good and it's improved on last year. But then they go and smack the premiers, which uh, yeah, which no, confirms yeah. that. Yeah, and it is hard, isn't it, Bix, to to know what to trust at this time of the year. Not only across whole games, but even in parts of games. I mean, for me, this game said probably perhaps more about Brisbane than it did about Geelong. I mean, in terms of the stage of the season, the number of players that Geelong didn't have available, et cetera, et cetera. Brisbane, we know, are trying to get over the hump. Now, they had a massive off-season with some key signings in the trade period via free agency, via the draft as well. They look to have filled some significant gaps there. I think they are one of the buzz teams mm. of the pre-season. I know we were joking about the Crows earlier, and there's certainly a heck of a lot to like about Melbourne, notwithstanding the fact they were 10 and zip last year in Melbourne and couldn't get it done. But they just look renewed, and, and I know their players are, are extremely bullish on where they sit and, and how they're placed over the summer down at the Demons. But I thought this one said more about Brisbane. It's going to be so tight at the top this year, isn't it? There might be the biggest gap we've seen between the haves and the has-nots this year, between the top eight who look like they've all improved personnel-wise mm. over the break and then the rest of the competition. But um, no, Brisbane are going to be an absolute force to be reckoned with this year, I would have thought, particularly up, uh, up at the Gabba. I want to talk about St Kilda and Essendon. There's a huge talking point out of that game, and it is that St Kilda should never wear red shorts ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Disastrous look. Couldn't agree with you more. Could not oh, wow. agree with you more. Uh, wasn't, that a, wasn't that a strange game, though, Um and you're walking away from that one as an Essendon supporter, and there wouldn't be a single Essendon supporter happy with with what they've seen, uh, particularly mm. in that game, but over the over the bulk of the preseason as well. They've been conditioned, haven't they? All the talk out of the club is it's going to take time, it's going to take time. Um, so straight away, that's a glass half empty approach coming into the season, and then you see that against the Saints, who um, really up until then have been completely underwhelming as well. So um, they are going to have some uh, challenging times, both of those clubs throughout the uh, throughout 2023. I would have thought. Sam, the Liam Jones story is an incredible one. 3,170 days between his last game as a Bulldog and the practice match on the weekend. And it doesn't look like he's, he's really missed a beat and he's going to be really handy for them if they wanted to continue their move up the ladder in 23. 
No doubt. They had their season launched last night, uh, the Dogs, and he was one of the most popular players in attendance. Back, of course, to where it all began. So he has 19 touches at the weekend. He has 11 marks, but nine of those marks were intercept marks and 13 intercepts uh, altogether. So he turned 32 in February, guys. He has signed a three-year deal at the Dogs. So he's a big show of faith mm. from the Western Bulldogs. But we know, I guess, the lengths they've gone to in recent times to shore up that defence. Could this guy be... Um, the missing piece. And what a story he will be if he is. I mean, joined as an unrestricted free agent. We know the story. A year out of the game, he retired from Carlton. Carlton didn't want to lose him. They got compensated for that. But as we know, the world changed um, unbelievably at that particular point in time. So Liam Jones, 32 years of age, goes back and um, is absolutely braining them early on down there at the Dogs. But just listening to Luke Beveridge, how happy would he be that his key defender has actually had to take you know, nine intercept marks. I mean, mm. they, they're working so hard on improving their defensive transition. It was a glaring flaw last year in their game, particularly turnovers in their sort of front third, just pinging back the other way and getting scored upon. So I don't think they'd be thrilled that Liam Jones has had to do that amount of work. But individually speaking, he's, he's flying and, and every bit as good as they hoped he would be. Well, they kicked 143 points, 22 goals. Talk to us about um, North Melbourne under Alistair Clarkson. Visually, have they have they looked like they've improved at all? I know it's tough because they got absolutely spanked, but do they look better than what they did at times last year? It's really hard, isn't it, to 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 make a conclusive um, judgment from a couple of practice games when it comes to North Melbourne, or obviously, as you say, coming from so so far back. I mean, you'd like to think they're going to be more competitive week in week out. Perhaps a greater consistency of effort under Alistair Clarkson. They've got some obviously some really exciting youth in that club. That Harry Sheasel is going to be some sort of a player. So I think if you're a North Melbourne supporter and you're getting along at games, you're just looking for little wins, aren't you? Mm. Um, little moments from particular players that um, that have joined. I think Griffin Logue's going to be a magnificent signing down back for them, and he's going to have to be because he's going to see a lot of ball. Um, <laughs> ben, ben Mackay, though, I mean, they really need to hang on to Ben mm. Mackay. He's going to be, for all the talk around, you know, um, Cosie Pickett and other players who are out of contract this year, I think Ben Mackay is going to be a real watch at, uh, at North Melbourne. Can he and will he see enough to commit again to North Melbourne and life at Arden Street. Now, we're over here in Adelaide and there's a bit of uh, heat ramping up on Port Adelaide because the the promised sort of form and, and resurgence from last year hasn't really been seen in the preseason. What about Carlton? I had high hopes for Carlton. I'm sure every Carlton fan had high hopes as well. They look like they've got the list. Yeah, they were disappointing on the weekend. Sydney really touched them up. Yeah, and actually, the most con- if there is a concern for Carlton, they touch them up with their strength, and that is contested ball and, and clearance working close. Now, that's Carlton's absolute one would and has been under Michael Voss. Look, personnel-wise, they were missing a few at the weekend. Sydney were unbelievable, obviously. I think Carlton would love a clean run with injury for a change as well. They've got a number of issues they need to sort out there as well. But, uh, no, this is a crossroads season, absolutely, for the Blues. And the challenge for them is that it's going to be a narrative that's going to be raging each week, dependent on the result. You know, if they lose, oh, this is the year they've got to make finals, are they going to make it? If they win, will it all be about the same as well? So staying in the here and now for them is going to be a real challenge, not getting uh, not getting thrust forward into, the, into, I guess, the vortex of conversation around them because they're a big club. I reckon they, they in many ways, they, they pay for a big club tax, you know. Outspoken members, big membership base, outspoken former players who... who um, who were contacted by the media to comment on a weekly basis. So they are going to be a, a really fascinating watch. And high stakes right off the bat because they've got Richmond on the 16th, Thursday week. Now, Richmond are, are look reborn, said to have improved. We know they're off-season signing, so they'll want to get back up there as well. I think the fallout from this game, the season opener on the March 16th, mm. 
will be uh, will be hot right off the top. Thanks for having a chat with us, Sam Edmund, our chief sports reporter for SEN. Have a good week, and we'll uh, try and catch up over the next couple of weeks too. And boys, strictly a shower man, I need to add as well. I mean, I can't be bathing in my own filth. So it's got to be a shower. No, that's important. It's important we know that stuff. I think we get to know our listeners. We get mm. to know our contributors too. And speaking of Carlton, just wrapping that up, Mark Robinson over in Victoria uh, had rated him the most important player in the AFL for 2023. Number one, Charlie Curnow. Mm, that's interesting, isn't it? Um, it's very interesting. I would have had a teammate ahead of him uh, in Patrick Cripps. I think he's a heart and soul player. Robert had him at number four. Mm. So can I quickly go through the, the top ten for Please people do. who hadn't seen it? Uh, in 10th position from Sydney, Chad Warner. That's so a big, that's a big, that's a big, big one call. After one season. Patrick Dangerfield at number nine. Lockie Neal at eight. Dustin Martin at seven. So Dusty still makes the top ten. Jeremy Cameron, six. Clayton Oliver, five. Patrick Cripps, four. Marcus Bontempelli, three. Christian Petrarca, two. And Charlie Curnow at number one. Mm. Connor Rosie from Port Adelaide, the biggest South Australian at number 14. I would be, yeah, surprised Rosie's not ahead of Warner. Even... You know, this is a little bit biased, but Rory Laird on exposed form compared to Chad Warner as well probably could feel a little bit perplexed that he's not a little bit higher either. So anyway, uh, time will tell, won't it? I'm just going through a few of them. Rory Laird was the Crows' highest ranked player at number 41. 41. There was uh, no other Crow or Port Adelaide player in the top 50. So good Victorian article there. Really good. <laughs> Quarter past eight, we are here at SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Local, independently owned tyre power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's 20 minutes past eight. Good morning to you. Thank you for listening. 0427 154 166 is our text line. More team Ford now Barker for V6 Ranger. Been a big show too. We chuck all of the chats we've had onto our podcast and uh, we put some bonus stuff at the front of the podcast too, which is like, it's like exclusive access, isn't it, Bix? And some of the, um, the, the, the tweets that we can't read out. Yeah, the abusive texts yeah, that we the, get. Uh, we, we read those ones out, yeah, so don't exactly. worry. You'll definitely get your mention. All right, <laughs> great business starts with yes as we get into these. Yes. 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 Still uncomfortable with that. Yeah, yes, moments <laughs> for me. Uh, the LA Football Club recognised five people last night with life membership. Some current players or one current player, Rory Laird. What a star he's been. Luke Brown was just such a great player. You could pencil him in uh, in the back pocket for almost a decade. Just got the job done every week. Source Jacobs, what a great player. Still working at the club now. He's one of the, the great club men of our generation. And um, long-time doctor Steve Kennett and long-time recruiter Stephen McChrystal. Those five people recognised last night with life membership. So my yes moment, and you can search Optus Business or call the dedicated business team. Uh, I am a big fan of video games, Bix. Yes. And uh, I'm not very good at them. No. But uh, I was excited over the weekend to find out that finally um, AFL 23 is going to be released on um, mm -hmm. PlayStation and Xbox. So this is being released on the 13th of April for PS5, PS4, Xbox Series, um, the Xbox One and PC. So it's just over six weeks away. And this has been pretty good. I think the AFL games, uh, for those gamers out there, they've been quite hit and miss over the past yep. couple of years, but they've reached a point where they are playable, they are decent, they are less repetitive, and I'm excited. Well, I like 
there was a little bit of fun and games where when they launched it, they had a picture of Buddy Franklin taking a specky on Jeremy Howe. Yes. How's the irony of that? And, and I think Jeremy got a little bit upset, put a tweet out. Then they flipped it around and had Jeremy taking a specky. That's more sort of uh, on brand, I would have thought, with Jeremy. I think so. Once it's released, I reckon we should do a review of the game and mm. hopefully it's got all lots of features as well, like uh, some of the other big titles like NBA and FIFA and Madden. Yes. Um, it makes me feel like that uh, I'm an athlete if I play video games. <laughs> what I love, my son plays the NBA basketball game. Yes. And he he takes the Lakers and he takes the all-star team. So you get Wilt Chamberlain, mm-hmm. Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant. Shaq. Shaq. You get all those. And so when he talks about basketball, he's talking about Wilt Chamberlain. And I couldn't work out how he knew anything about him. You get but, a lot of your knowledge so from there. So you get history. Yeah. It's, it's, so maybe, I'm hoping, maybe some... Do you have an all-star team for each team? Do they bring back some Is it like throwback past, teams? Yeah, past players. Any particular team are you talking about in the, the late 90s? Well, for... I know that when it first came out, they went to great detail. With Andrew McLeod was playing, mm-hmm. they got they made sure all the tattoos were correct because he had a, a ceremonial headdress on, on his arm. But now I'm thinking, how are they going to do that with the modern-day player? Yes. They're covered in them. <laughs> That's going to be a real <laughs> challenge, you know, like a Tom Libertore or some of those – you know, very odd-looking tattoos. Uh, that's going to be a real, uh, real eye-opener for uh, for when it comes out. All right, we'll do a full review, and I will stay up until early hours of the morning just playing video games. And what I can say to my wife is that it's research, mm, yeah. and that's fine. And I'm doing it for the show tax, and for the listeners. Tax deductible. <laughs> there you go. Twenty-four minutes past six. It's SENSA. We'll wrap up the show next. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. 25 minutes past eight on SENSA. Good morning. All right, Bix, let's do our What's On in Adelaide. Oakbank Easter Festival tickets now available. We need to talk about Ed Sheeran because he's here tonight. Um, he had a... It's it's almost like a, a world record breaking weekend in Victoria, playing uh, to over two hundred thousand people pretty much over the weekend, which is amazing. And he's here at the Adelaide Oval tonight. Yeah, and it's been a long time since we've had big act playing at Adelaide Oval. I think someone suggested to me across the weekend that um, when Adam Lambert and Queen mm-hmm. came here, that was the last big concert. That might have been twenty twenty, perhaps. Yes. So, um, so we've gone a couple of years at least. So, fifty-eight thousand people expected. That's a big crowd. What they released know? a few more tickets too um, over the past twenty-four hours. Just basically sitting in the bleachers. You know who has the easiest job and the best seat tonight at the Ed Sheeran concert, and that will be Wayne Phillips. Um, one five nine on debut. He likes everybody talking mm. about it. So Wayne will go and do the stadium announcements at Adelaide Oval. So in case of an emergency, you will hear this tone. So he will need to read that pre-event and post-event. That's it. When you are leaving Adelaide Oval, um, please do it in a, a quiet and respectful manner for our neighbours. So mm. um, he's certainly going to be getting that free ticket tonight, which you'll love, and you'll get to see Ed Sheeran. Are you flat with that? Because you're you're the preeminent sort of uh, stadium announcer. I won't need to open the door to leave Studio Lumo today because I'll be able to go underneath the door on that flat. (laughs) 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 That's how flat. Flat on a snake's belly. (laughs) (laughs) Just going to go underneath. Wow. Uh, Look, I didn't mean to open that wound. Sorry. I I just, that came to me. Well, you know what's funny? Because we we talk about Ed Sheeran being here tonight, which, um, you know, this song. 18. 
What's your favourite Ed Sheeran song? Yeah. Got a couple of favourites, yeah, yeah. I like um, Castle on the Hill. It's a good song. Graffiti on the like, overpass. <laughs> I like Dive. He, uh, Celestial. I saw, over the weekend, yeah. he said that he had written over 150 songs mm. for his new album, which is coming out, Subtract, and he got rid of them all. And then he wrote the latest album, which will be released this year, in about an hour's time. He just writes music. So um, I'm not seeing Ed Sheeran tonight. Who I am seeing tomorrow night is Snoop Dogg. Yeah, I heard. He's in town. And and Ed went to see Snoop Dogg. So I'm going with my wife to see Snoop Dogg tomorrow night at We're, the Entertainment Centre. At the Entertainment Centre. Yeah. You, I, I saw that Snoop Dogg gave Ed a gold chain. Are they mm. joined record companies, the same record company or something? I was, think I saw recently. But you, what, what will you dress up in? He's quite famous for wearing sports jerseys and yeah, the like. Does I, he have I, a uniform or what are you going to go with? It? You imitate Snoop Dogg? I don't think so. I think I'll be you, hiding away. You have and a similar just, build. What are you Snoop. trying to say? <laughs> You're both tall is what I'm saying. And yeah. you both lean. Well, I, I just like his music. And again, it makes me feel tough. What's his Big hit. Snoop Doggy Dog. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, he's good. <laughs> uh, he played the Super Bowl last year, didn't he? Half yeah, he, he yeah, did, he did alongside Dr. Dre and Eminem. So, look, um, there's a lot happening in Adelaide. Snoop, tomorrow night, the Fringe is on. And don't forget the uh, Oakbank Easter Festival. Mm. Tickets are now available. Uh, we have had a big show, Bix, and it was great to speak with, with Mark Milligan and Sam Edmund. And then tomorrow, we're going to catch up with Ben Key. So I'm really looking forward to speaking mm. with, as you mentioned, that match against Carlton last year. He kicked a handful of goals. Did that over the weekend too. And Four. his his football story has been one of resilience where he came over um, the same time as Ben Crocker came over. And, and Ben Crocker went one way and Ben Keyes went the other. Well, ben Keyes was a, um, a, a player that was connected to Brisbane. He was part of their academy. So yeah. he was tied to Brisbane, spent a couple of years there, but unfortunately couldn't <clears throat> make his way into the side. He's come over here to Adelaide and just dominated. Beautiful hair too. Very all weather hair. Yeah, all weather hair. So we can have a chat about that. Uh, and also the skipper of the Redbacks, Jake Lehman, is going to talk about that Marsh Cup final, which is coincidentally happening on Wednesday too. Um, the boys are taking on Western Australia. So fingers crossed. Look, if you missed any of the show, make sure you download the podcast. And tomorrow morning from 6, we are back. Download the app. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy your Tuesday. If you're going to Ed Sheeran, enjoy it. Maybe take a poncho because it, it looks like it might rain a little bit later on. We'll catch you tomorrow.